0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message.
1: Well, this month, we're talking about making room. You know, I looked at this and I read this, and of course, as we get closer to Christmas, we'll be reading this. But I want you to look at Luke 2 and 7. This really hit me when I was really preparing to come see you. And it says, and she brought forth her firstborn son. Of course, that was Jesus. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Laid him in the manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. And I thought about that. Man, there was no room from Jesus in the beginning of his life. Seems like the earth doesn't really have room for him. Society doesn't really have room for him. I was watching something the other day. They were like, Man, you couldn't say Jesus Christ, you know, but they made room for some goofy other thing that had nothing to do with it, even though we're celebrating Christmas. It's just what we live in, you know what I mean? And whether you want to believe it or not, there's not, I've been, I went one time and they were really like, don't be mentioning Jesus. I was like, don't invite me to come to your dumb thing. Because if I come, I'm talking about Jesus. And is not blessed in the name of Christ it isn't all this, other stuff. it's Jesus Christ, the son of God. Come on, somebody, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go, you know, because if you're going to compromise Jesus, listen, there's a lot of things in life that don't really want Jesus coming in. And the question is this, how do I make room for him in my life? Because I thought about this, you ever got to make room in the house? You know, you got a closet and you got to go make room. You ever think about that? Like holidays are coming. You're like, oh God, the back bedroom. Oh man, the thing. Oh, somebody's coming, right? You start freaking out. Where am I going to put this stuff? And I went in one of my rooms and I was laughing. I was like, if I had to make room in this room, what would I have to do? I'd have to rearrange some stuff. I'd have to reorganize some stuff. I'd have to get rid of some stuff. I'd have to figure out where I'm going to put what I'm looking for somewhere. So that means I got to move some stuff around. And I started thinking about my life and your life. I started thinking, where, where do I need to start making some room for Jesus in my life? And how do I make room? How do I prioritize him above everything else? How do I make sure he's got the right internal seat inside of my heart, no matter what's going on? And I started asking myself the question that maybe we should all ask ourselves, have I made room for him to come on in? And one of the greatest things I thought about was this, was point number one. How do I make room for Jesus in my life? I got to start by paying attention to him. We are really, really, I watched something the other day. It's horrendous. Our attention span in the world is horrendous. They clinically have figured it out. You probably got good stats for me because all these techie guys got them. It's like seconds. We pay attention. Is it three seconds? Three. Three seconds. Did you hear what I said? They get paid to know this data because he does all that fiber optic stuff like that, right? So when you go to do something, you have three seconds of attention span. Are you here? Are you getting me? And we're all programmed, Right. How many husbands and wives, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you got going on, right? She's talking. I ain't paying attention when she's telling me. And then what was the first thing I do? I'm like, I'm paying attention. She's like, well, what did I say? And then I go back and tell her something I remember her saying that I wasn't paying attention about because I'm pretty good at this by now. I've been trained. I go, you were saying something about where we're going for Christmas or something. I, I understand everything. you said, I ain't paying attention. She ain't paying attention neither. I'm paying attention. We're all like zombies for crying out loud. Come on. And we're paying attention to Jesus. I got a question for you. We can't see him. You can't touch him. You physically don't know where he's at. Right? He's invisible, but he's real. And you got people standing in front of you going, Hey, can you see me? I'm here. And you're like, Oh, God Almighty, right? They ain't hear nothing. Anyway, how many, you know what I'm saying? You ever go in like a real, you get in a real flow on the real? You know what reels are? Some of you need to get technology going here, right? And you wake up like 45 minutes later and time has passed you by. And you like wake back up to life like, oh my God, where am I? Some of you are like, oh my God, I'm driving the car. Listen, you better stop. Are we, you get what I'm saying? But we're paying attention to Jesus. The guy you can't see, can't touch, no sense. No, what it is, we got to start learning to pay attention. How do you start paying attention to Jesus? Look what it says right here in Luke. He tells you what to do. When we're talking about him, pay attention. Look, Luke, it's right here. She's going to put it up there. We're going to read it. It's going to be great. You're going to love every minute of it. Look, and what? Look what it says here in Luke 8, 16. We'll start with that one. It'll be there in the Passion. Luke 8, 16, the Passion. It's in the notes. Praise the Lord. She'll get it. And this is what I want you to know. It's important that you understand this stuff because it's a key to the success that Jesus wants you to have in life. Because if you don't pay attention, stuff's going to slip right by. We've got to make room. Let me say make a room. Look at your neighbor say, I'm making room for Jesus. Look at your other neighbor say, I'm making room for Jesus. Y'all make room, man. Especially this time of year, we get too busy. No one lights, nobody lights a lamp and then hides it, covering it, putting it where white will not be seen. No, the lamp is placed on a lampstand so others can benefit from its brightness. Yay, praise the Lord, right? No one does that. Look at the next verse, right? Look, because the revelation lamp shines. Nothing's going to be hidden from you. It'll all be revealed. The secrets of the kingdom will be unveiled. It's going to be great. It's going to be out in the open. It's going to be a revelation known. Pay careful attention to your hearts. As you hear my teaching, how come I didn't say your ears? When you think of your, I remember when the kids were little, they used to do this, put your listening ears on. You do that now? Crystal, you do that over there? I was like, what in the heaven are you doing? Put your listening ears on. Right? Remember that when they were kids? Put, come on, buddies. Put your, they go over there. Put your listening ears on. You got to, what? Well, no. He said, pay attention to your heart when you hear my word. Why? Don't shut off your heart. Open up your heart to me. Open up your heart to what I'm saying. Pay attention. Even more will be given to you. So what? If you listen with an open heart. You ever get like a little stuck in your heart? Like, I'm not letting God in. Now listen, don't get stubborn and don't get stuck. Just let what? Hear with your ear, but open your heart. Write that down. I gotta hear with my ear. I gotta open my heart. Am I allowing this word to penetrate my heart to change and transform me and my future? Because guess what? If you're making room for Jesus, guess who's really leaving the you are, and so am I. My opinions are going out the door. My ways are going out the door. My, my stubborn, how many of you are a little stubborn? You know what I mean? My stubbornness is going out the door. My little um, stick-to-it-ness, let us call it that, right? Whatever I got to adjust, I make the adjustments to make room for him. He doesn't rearrange his life for, for, for the sake of what's going on. I got to rearrange my life. Are you here? Are we allowing him to rearrange some of the arenas of heart? And then I thought about this. I said, you know what? If we're going to be making room for Jesus and we're really making room for Jesus, then we got to figure out something about love. Because God so loved us, he gave his only begotten. But the Bible says he loved me before I ever loved him. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to write this down. Point number two, you better make room for yourself, but you better do this. A Christian left on their own, Will never find their way into the love, Jesus kind of love. Leave that up there for a minute. This is all important. It's gonna be about love. Why? Because love never fails. Now, I want you to pay attention to me for like, give me like the next 30 minutes. I'll change your life. Because making room for Jesus means me and you gotta start becoming people of the God kind of love, not human love. Human love is selfish. Okay, I love you guys, but human love is selfish. When you perform right, you get a lot of human love. When you don't perform right, you don't get as much love. Human love is not agape. Agape is totally different. I want you to write this down because it's important. The love of God is different, and you must remember this. The definition of love is this. Joyfully choosing to take an action that promotes the welfare of another. I'm going to say this a couple of times. It's a lot. This is the formal definition that we're going to use around here. What is the definition of love? It is joyfully choosing to take an action that promotes the welfare of another. When you love like Jesus loves, the recipient will be better off after you have loved them than before you touch their lives. Love is going to do what's most beneficial for the other person in that very moment. And remember this, because this is important, because this is God. Faith is responding to problems like God would, but love is treating people like God would. That's the difference. God never stopped treating people with love. He He never stops walking towards people with the love of God. But here's the thing with the church. What is the love of God? It's not human love. It's not a motherly love. It's not how grandma loved you. That's human. Love of God is totally different. And if we don't know what the love of God is, we're going to be held back from walking and operating in this perfect place of love that's going to bring our life great success. Look what Jesus says. And I want you to see this because I'm not going to go to 1 Corinthians first. I want to go to that other scripture first. I want you to see John 13.1. I want you to look at this and see what the Bible says. Look up there when you get there and check this out. Now, before the Feast of the Jews, when Jesus knew his hour was come, that he should depart out of the earth and go into his Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. So Jesus is getting ready to leave the earth. John 13 is all about Jesus getting ready to leave, and he gets the disciples, and in verse 34, he leaves them, with the greatest bit of information he could possibly leave. He says this, new commandment I give unto you. He's leaving, man. I tell you this every time we talk about love. I don't know about you, but when I'm on, if I, if you guys get the chance, I don't want to sound weird, but when you guys, if you're leaving the earth, right, and you know you're going, next, next couple, I'm on the other side. And you had the people you cared the most about in your life around you. What are you going to be talking about? You're you're laying there, man. You're getting ready to go home. You're going to be talking about the ball game for crying out loud. You're going to be talking about what is most important that you want to convey to them before you leave. Jesus knows it's up. I'm going to be with the Father. I'm leaving the earth. And he's got the disciples, and this is what he says. I'm leaving. And a new commandment I've given to you. That you love one another like I loved you. And that you also love one another. this. not How big your ministry is. Not what you built, what you got, what you ride, what you do, what you this, what you that, your bank account. How many Christian merit badges you got. Church attendance, deacon board. By this, all men will know that you're my disciple if you have love one to another. He said, the Christian character that he's looking for is love. And he said, love can be saw with the eyes. It's recognizable. It's seeable. And by this, everybody will know you follow me. Not by your t-shirt that says, I go to relevant church. Not by, you know, your favorite like, you know, Woo! Preach your t-shirt. Christian artist thing, you know what I mean? Oh, I know you're a Christian. You got a fish on your car. and You flipping them off while you're driving down the road. You're number one, bro. Oh, they got a fish. What? And the heaven is up with you. No, because you got some fish on your car, doesn't mean you act saved. Come on. love. And I started thinking about this, man, if we don't know what love is, how in heaven are we going to give it away? What is the love of God? And everybody's going to say, God is love. We know this. What does love look like? What does love act like? What does love sound like? How does love respond? How many of you walk in love all the time? I don't, I was yelling at everybody all week. Praise be to God. It was good. It was powerful. Were you here for some of it? Yeah, I have, I have renters in the back that don't pay rent. So I had to adjust their living accordingly over the weekend. It was fine. It wasn't a problem. But what I'm saying is what? Sometimes you look at yourself in an out-of-body experience. And you're like, man, you know what? You say, but I don't know how saved you really are. Can I get an amen from the Presbytery? You know what I mean? Sometimes you can go there. You ever go there? You ever go to a place in you that you don't like you? I'm going to preach myself happy this morning, Billy. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the hum-ha coming on me. What do you mean? Like sometimes I can go to a place where I can find the old man. Come on, you're not, you're not, you're not like thinking this consciously, but what happens is sometimes if you're not programming your mind to be conscious of who you are, you can by default slip into some patterns of behavior you're not really, really excited about because they don't really look like the love of God. So what do I have to do? I sometimes have to reacquaint myself with what love looks like so I can become what? A person of love in my daily conduct as a Christian. Can I get an amen? Why? Because some of your family members are coming home for the holiday. You're going to need it. Can I get a double amen? Yes. Why? Because this is what we deal with. So this is important. So I want you to look like look at this because I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 13 because I know this and if we're left alone, we got problems. So you got to reprogram yourself to what love looks like. How do you do that? You look at 1 Corinthians 13, Right? Now, this is the Amplified. I like it because I think it reads a little clearer. It expounds. Okay. Hey, even if I dole out all that I have to the poor, food, surrender my body to be burned, do all this awesome stuff, in order that I may glory, but I have not love God's love in me, I gain nothing. So he's saying, you could do all these works and not have love and show up with nothing. Are you here? It's pretty good, ain't it? It's like, you can do all this stuff, man, but if you don't got love, it ain't going to amount to nothing. You don't get no gain. Pretty wild, huh? Look at this next verse. Here we go. Love does what? Man, how, how, how long are you enduring with some people? Right? Right? Like, dude, I'm done with that joke. <laughs> I've been there like, dude, you, you, you're like, bro, you're too much. So many people you want to send them to a different church. You know what I mean? Like, trade them. Like, I really feel like we should run this thing like a football team. Like, okay, look, he's a free agent. I'm going to send him and a bonus package. Him, Grumpy, and Mouthy are getting traded to you. You give me Whatever you got, cheap, whacked out, and crazy, we'll swap. It'll be fair. I'll even give you some money to take this one, cause they're a piece of work, man. Can I get an amen? This'll be good. It's like you know, free agency. Some of you guys can actually help me in the contract deals. Like, who you want to ship out? Ship him out. He's got to go, and take Sister Blabbermouth with you out the door. Hallelujah, amen. Look, what am I saying? No, it indoors long. All the married people said. That should have been louder. Amen, right? Like, man, when did somebody ask, you asked me, when are we going to fix him? How are you going to fix him? He's a 30-year project, this guy. You didn't know this when you signed up, ladies? Oh, oh my God. Where's all the girls? You didn't know that he was going to be a lifelong project when you started? What is the matter? You should have called me before you started. I'm telling you, better listen to me. Well, here to, I told you, everybody like last week. I got so much stuff from last week. I just need to come up here and talk to you about relationships. I'll do a series on relationships because God knows I finally learned something after beating my head into a wall for 30 years, right? They, they loved it because you don't realize he can't, they didn't know this stuff. He can't think and feel at the same time. It's impossible. Don't give me none of your spiritual stuff. Well, he's a new creature in Christ. Yeah, he ain't that new. So let's go. So, so you're looking for things in relationship that come out of time. You know what I mean? So I'll help you. But I was laughing. It's like, you don't think you, you thought you're going to have that kid and that you were going to take him home from the hospital and that joker was just going to perform perfectly. <laughs> like, what are you talking? Are you crazy? Don't you remember you? Yeah. My mother used to tell me, don't do this. I did it. Don't do that. I did that too. Don't do this. Don't do that. And don't do this. And don't do that. I did all three in a day. Why not? Come on. Are you here? I don't know what's the matter with this kid. Yeah, I know exactly what's the matter with him. He's you. Where'd you think? Stop. So you got look to at, look at it. What's it say? Love does what? Endures long. Is patient and kind. I failed before the second thing came out. Patient? Are you thinking kidding me? Pa- you're patient? God Almighty. Love is patient and kind. Wow. How many think we need some work? Amen. Thank you. One honest guy. Right? Love no, Never is envious. Now, envious, I had to have a math. I had to have an English class, math class. It's like school around here. Do you know what envy is? Say it loud. What in somebody else's stuff? Right? Is that a good definition? Instagram. There you all go. Look what they got. Look where they went on vacation. Will you cut it out? Somebody brought me something, right? Nobody you know. Somebody way outside of here. They're like, you know, Instagram life. I'm like, those people are crazy. I know them. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's like the Waltons. I go, they're nuts. Somebody said, Do you know? I said, I brought a joker. Cra- he's crap. But they're done, man. They're crazy. And they say, like, oh, look at my Instagram family. And you're all like, I want to be them. You don't want to be them. I know them. I'm being serious. And you're like, no, they got it all together. I'm like, no, they don't. Toss me. How about jealous? Whoa, it's up there. This, I feel like, you know, like, you know, this is like, this is like church jeopardy. <laughs> it's not boastful. It's not jealous. I thought love was just like you'd be, you know, what's love got to do with it? Got all these characteristics. That make it up. So what happens if I start getting these habits that are not good? I guess I'm not walking in. Whoa. Okay. Not boastful. Does gloriously? Does not display itself in a wrong, haughty behavior. That's kind of like characteristics of attitudes, behavior patterns. We should be good. Don't get all, don't get lifted up. You know what I mean? Don't get prideful. He even says that. It's not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights, Okay? Or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy. Oh, help me, Jesus. Can you get a little touchy, some of you? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. we don't know. You know what I'm saying? You ever get a little touchy? You get a little, how many of you get hangry? You know what hangry is? You get angry because you're hungry? You get a little touchy? One translation says, love will never remember a suffered wrong. How many got a Rolodex of all the wrong things that people have done to you in your mind <laughs> and can time date it? 1973, 3 o'clock, you said this. 1984 it was a Friday. It was sunny outside. Praise the Lord. You said that. How many ladies know what I'm talking about? Right? Right? Come on, girls. Say amen. You're a walking Rolodex of information. Yo, yeah, yo, some of you are. You know what I'm saying? You told me that. Oh my God in heaven. I was like, how do you remember that? I can't remember last week. You remember 23 years ago on a Thursday when I said to you at seven o'clock at night? God, you're unbelievable. I don't know how you forgot the Publix grocery list though yesterday, but you can remember that like the back of your cover. Don't be what? Touchy. Leave it up there. You need to see it. to help you. It's like therapy, right? It does not rejoice in injustice, all right, but rejoices when right and truth prevails. Watch seven, I'll leave you alone. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best? Then that's tough. Right? Because you got, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? Believe the best. Well, I promise you the future is going to be better. You've been hearing that for 30 years. You got to believe the best. Of every person. There's some people, man, that's tough. Hopes are faithless. Under all circumstances. Woo, still got hope. It's hopeless, but that one dude's still hanging on. It's going to be all right. Boat's sinking. You know what I'm saying? Middle of the ocean. Water's right here. It's all good. We're going to be good. We're drowning, bro. Nah. Up to here. I got it. We'll be all right. Jumping up out of the water. We'll be all right. Go back under. We'll be all right. Come on. You got to just hang on and endorse everything without weakening. That ain't easy, man. Hanging on even though it don't look like it's working you got to get there that's what love does why is love so in beneficial because look at this point number two check this out you're gonna like this right love is what it's a room maker for us all it makes room man in a relationship and the people we love and the people outside we what? love makes room man it makes room in your heart to say, man, okay, let's come on. Let's believe the best. Let, how many, come on, man. How many of us can get rid of some negative thinking today? My God in heaven, negative, unproductive thoughts, just, just in a mess of a spot in our mind, believing the best would be better, expecting the best, sh- setting up for the best, walking in the best. Why? Because this is important because you got to understand this. Uh, in order for us to love like God loved, We're going to have to be students of Jesus and follow observing how He loved. Why? Because love never fails, man. And if we start becoming the people of love that God called us to be, guess what's going to start happening in our life? I'm not going to say this. Oh, all your circumstances are going to work out great. That's not what I said. Oh, all your situations are going to be wonderful. That is not what I said. Oh, you're not going to have any more problems no more. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, everything's going to work out great. No, what it is is this: it's not going to affect you anymore because you're not going to come out of love. You're not going to come out of hope. You're not going to come out of that enduring long. You're not going to come out of that steadfastness. You're going to stay in love. And the Bible says love never fails. You can't fail as long as you stay in love. And I got news for you. The enemy is trying to pull you out of your love wall. Because he knows everything works by love. So if you can get out of love, you can get out of faith. And you can get out of faith, you can get out of promises. And you get out of promises, you're going to get out of his presence. And if you get out of his presence, you're going to feel like you're walking alone, even though you are not. Why? Because watch this in John 15, 9. Let's start with 6. Let's start with John 15, 6. They need to see this. Because this will help you. Okay? Find this in the King James. You see it up there on the board? If a man does what? What happens to him? You got to abide in Jesus, man. Well, what is abiding in Jesus? Walking in love. If God is love, Jesus is love. How do we abide? Look what it says: If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch wither. And men gather them and cast them into the what? The fire and the air burn. Look at verse seven. If you what? And my what? So why I may ask you a question: How do we abide in Jesus? We abide in his word. So you want to know how much you know about Jesus? How much word you got in you? Go well, look at it real slow. If ye abide in me and my abide where? How much word you got in you? And I think I don't know the Bible cover to cover. I'm going to say something that's going to come across very wrong, but I don't really care. What do I care if you read the book of Deuteronomy and Numbers and know all this stuff I could care less. Oh, I know who Samuel is. Big deal. Great. I want you to live in the epistles. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the letters that were written to you as a modern-day believer in the church. The in him scriptures, the who you are in Christ, the what you can do in Christ, the how to walk in love scriptures. That's the stuff that really matters. Leave the other stuff to bonus questions. I'm fine with that. I want you to be a student of the Bible. But if you only got you for a couple minutes a day, I want you finding out who are you. What does it say you can have? Come on, man. Say this. The David stories are great. The Goliath stories are great. It's all great. But guess what? What does the Bible say you've been made as a new creation in Christ? That's what matters. Get those scriptures in you. Go buy that in him book. I think it's two bucks. It's a dollar. In Christ, I live and move and have my being. This is what he said I can have. This is what he said I can do. It's important because look what it says. If ye abide in and my word's abiding, you can ask me whatever it is you want, and I'll do it. Come on. Abiding. How do you know you're abiding in Jesus? You're abiding in the word. Look at verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear fruit, so you shall be my... Watch verse 9. Verse 9, will change it. And as the Father has what? So have I stay in my love. See it. Now watch this. Everybody says, well, OK, Christian conduct, Christian character, really cool, walk in love. Look at Galatians, and look what it says here in Galatians 5:14. You okay with this? Look what it says in the King James. For all the what? Read it. All the what? All the law is fulfilled when? In one word. Do we live in grace? I know you're thinking we live in the dispensation of grace, right? We don't have to fulfill the law, right? What did Jesus say fulfilling the law was love? For all the laws fulfilled the New Testament church. This is Galatians. He said, Do you want to fulfill the Old Testament law that was, let's just say, the new law is this. All the laws fulfilled in more You notice this stuff? Well, you know, okay, let's just let's play the other side of the coin just to help you because you're thinking, right? Well, God expects something out of you. Leave that up there, please, Ma. Leave that, let them see that. Okay, God expects something out of you. He does. He expects that. Does everybody in here want to fulfill the law? The whole law? The law of God? The requirements of God? So let's just say the legal side of God, would you like to do that? Would you like to? For all the laws fulfilled in one word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Wow, that's all I got to do? I know exactly what you're saying. That might be hard. No, it's not. Because remember a long time ago, I told you me and God's argument, he's like, Sow what you reaped, I said, that's not right. I knew. I knew enough. I was young. I didn't know. I was barely reading the Bible. I heard it inside of me. Sow what you reaped, I said, that's wrong. You reap what you sow. And the Lord was like, sow what you reap. And it got louder in my inside. Did I hear it audibly? No, but he was talking to me. Hey! in the inside startled me. So what you reaped, I said, no, God, that's not right. You reap what you sow. God shall, I'm just reading the word of God, even though God's living in you in in the person of the Holy Spirit, and I'm arguing with God, even though I don't know what's God. I thought it was me, and I'm a ding-dong, but I finally figured it out. I said, no, that's not right. The Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. And again, no, you reap what you sow. No, sow what you reap. No, God, that's not right. You reap what you sow. No! So, what you reap? My light wasn't coming on, Holly. I didn't understand what he was saying. He's going, hey, you, goofy you, goofy, pay attention. What? I said, so, what you reap? I know what it says, but I need you to see it. Were you, were you serving me? No, I was serving you. What did I give you? You gave me love. Did you deserve my love? No. Neither did I. Give it away. What, what did you reap from me? You got mercy. Did you deserve mercy? Probably not. I gave it to you anyway. Give it away. See, that's the problem with sometimes. You think you're giving away your stuff. It's not yours. Give it away did you deserve forgiveness? No, but you gave it to me. Well, then forgive them because I forgave you. Give them mercy because I gave it to you. If you'll let it go through you and not hold it back, I'll give you more of what I gave you. Because if you only teach the God side, this thing's hard in a way. If you teach the man side, it becomes tough but check it out when you put it together. What do you mean? God gave it, so I give it away. If I just taught the God side without understanding, I wouldn't have the principles, but watch when I see the God side. God gave me mercy. God gave me grace. God gave me forgiveness. God gave me this. So what do I do? I give it away because it ain't mine. And if you hold it back, he'll hold back what he gave. The Bible says if you don't forgive, what's he said about you? He ain't going to forgive you. Why in the heaven would he do that? Because he knows that he gave you the grace to forgive. Because it's not yours to keep. Give it away. Have you seen it? So what do I do? Did I get mercy? Yep. That's why I'll give you mercy. Did I get grace? Yep. That's why I'll give you grace. Did I get forgiveness? Yep. Let me tell you, and there's some evil people in the world, and they don't deserve it. Let God have vengeance on them. You stay out of it. You understand that? You stay out of it. Because some people there's evil out there. you just say, "I'll forgive you by faith, I don't need to feel it, I'm going to do it. So what do I do? I give away what I got. Why is that so important? Galatians, watch this. for all now watch this if you see this, it' change life because you, you maybe didn't notice, right? For all the laws fulfilled, what? One word, love. Now watch verse 22 because how many of you think the fruits of the spirit, right? How many think the fruits, you know what the fruits of the Spirit are? Love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Fruits of the Spirit. I got news for you. It's one fruit. See, the passion really breaks it down. There's really one fruit, and that fruit is love. And everything comes out of love. You see it? Because, see, this is how you fulfill the law. You're the born again believer. He said one requirement was love. So how in the heaven could all these other things be separate entities? They're not. They come out of the one fruit. If you could just fix your love walk, you could fix your whole life. But the fruit, not fruits, fruit. Right? Let's just, be te- let's just get technical so you can see something. I'm really swinging the pendulum really hard one way. Balance it out later, but let me get you this. Because if I swing it hard one way, you'll understand. Is that okay? One fruit. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit is divine love, and this is its varied expressions. Just work on your love walk, you'll work on your joy. Just work on your love walk, and you'll be a peaceful person. You got one thing to master while you're on the face of the earth, love. Don't complicate it. You fix your love walk, you'll become patient. You fix your love walk, you're on door. Long. You fix your love walk, you'll become kind. You fix your love walk, flip. Thank you. You have a full life of power. You fix your love walk, you'll have faith that prevails. Faith works by love. You need strength. Be a person of love. Never set a law above these causes. for they are meant to be limitless. Work on your love walk, man. So what are we going to do? We're going to get that 1 Corinthians 13 and start cranking. Man, this is what love does. We're going to start reading about, reminding ourselves. Now, let me I, listen, you stay with me because I'm not done. Okay? They're going to play, but I want you to pull this in. A Christian left on their own is not going to walk in love. You have to reprogram your mind to what love looks like. Even Look, because where's the love of God right now? Shed abroad in your heart. But that doesn't mean I'm releasing it because I'm not making room for it, because I'm not conscious of it. You ever have money in your pocket, or you ever have something in your, you know, in your billfold or something, and you didn't even know it was in there, and you've been carrying it around all the while? You ever just be carrying around something, and all the while you didn't even know it was there? And even though it was on you and on your being or around you, all of a sudden one day you wake up to it years later or a month later, like, oh, I didn't even realize that was in my purse. Oh, I didn't even realize that was in my wallet. Oh, I didn't even realize that was in my coat jacket. Oh, I didn't even realize. Why? Because sometimes if we don't remind ourselves what we have, we forget it's there. So what are we going to do? We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Pop that up there. Let them see that, please. And we're going to do this. We're going to start with verse 14. And guess what you're going to do? Tomorrow, you're going to take four seconds out of your day and read about love. Love is kind. Love is patient. I'm learning how to be patient. I'm learning how to be kind. Why? I'm consciously understanding. Love endures long. It's patient. It's kind. It never envies what? It. it doesn't become jealous. It does not act boastful. It does not display itself all. What am I doing? I'm refreshing my mind to the characteristics of love. So when I walk out the door, I'm going to be patient in traffic. Pray for me. Right? But it's going to be, why? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Without a consciousness of what it is, even though I got it, I'm not going to yield to it. I might let my flesh get the best of me if I'm not careful. So what are we going to do? If we're going to make room for Jesus, we're going to have to become people of what? I wrote this down, and I'm just going to leave you this. Just remember this. The seed of love will change the soil of your life. See, because you've got to realize something. When you put a seed Inside the soil of your heart, you change. The seed of love will change the soil of your life. Let love in. Come on, man. You know what I mean? And I'm telling you, last week, man, a lot of people were like, I was like in that grateful thing. I was really, man, really, I got more feedback last week than I really expected to get. It was a lot, man. People were like calling and texting, and I was like, really? And all I asked you, I I don't know, man, we become. I, I was talking about being grateful. I don't know how it flew by, but it did. Like, are you grateful for your spouse? Are you grateful for your kids? I mean, I don't know. Last week, something clicked in here for people. Like, I mean, yeah, do I probably overlook? Yeah, is life moving? Yeah. Do we take for granted things? Yeah. Do we take for granted the people we care about? Probably we take for granted the people we love? But I think last week really what hit was, I think people started looking at it like, man, you know what? Life is moving so fast. Maybe I do take simple things for granted. I was so appreciative of you guys in this series. I was like, man, thank God for these people. Thank God for my wife. Thank God for the kids. And like, sometimes you just start complaining about the little things that aren't working. Why don't you get excited about the things that are And then what's it going to look like, man, when I got this gratitude in me? But now I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to fix me because you know what? Everybody around me, I'm not in control of, but if I'm walking in love, they ain't going to affect me. You know what I mean? My life isn't like, you're grumpy. Praise be to God, but I ain't getting grumpy with you. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I was kidding yesterday. We were playing around a little bit. The kids thought I was funny. Me and PL, we we were talking about something goofy. And I said, that's it, I'm not talking to nobody. And I walked around playing around, like giving everybody a silent treat. And I said, no, I'm not talking. I'm not talking. I was having fun. I was jerking around. You know, I was just having a good time and having a blast. But I was thinking about it. But how many times could you turn into being acting like a baby? Because, you know, your life's not going the way you want it to go about something, you know? And I was having fun and goofing around with you. But I like, I like, I was thinking about that. Like, how many times do we let time be robbed in our present? Because we're not walking in love. Jesus said, just fulfill one thing, and the world will know you're my disciple. Love, man. So here it is. This is the greatest sermon of your life. You don't have to figure out how to pray. You will. You don't have to figure out how to figure out how to read the Bible. You will. You don't have to figure out how to pray in tongues. You will. You don't have to figure out how to do all this spiritual stuff, you will. Jesus said, one requirement to fulfill all of it. love, Go figure out what my love is, apply it to your life and then go give it away to people because I ready shed it abroad in your heart. You do that, you fill the whole book. And then that that love, you'll have joy. And I love, you'll want to know how to pray. And I I love, you'll figure all this spiritual stuff out. But Jesus didn't say, by your massive spirituality, you will be known by me. Say nothing about it. He didn't say, oh, for the kingdom of heaven will know who you are because how strong you are in spirit. No. He said, you know how they're going to know you follow me? They're going to see the love in you and know you can't love like that without God. Woo! Has this not gotten good today? We're like, I ain't got nothing to worry. All I got to do is be a person of love. I'm going to go perfect love, figure out what love is, be a person of love. I'm going to be, woo! I'm telling you, right? 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 Come on! Come on! Come on! I'm going to learn it. I'm going to become it. And I'm going to do it. And here's the best news yet, and I'm done. It's in you. Jesus said, the love of God is shed abroad in your, let it out, man. But if I let it out, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to give you a secret. You ready for it? It's a secret. Don't tell nobody that didn't come to church. This is a secret. If I give that out, I'm going to become so vulnerable, people are going to hurt me because they're not going to give it back. Not true. Because the minute you become a person loving, give it away. Everybody around you doesn't affect you anymore. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I can't explain it. It's like God protects and guards your heart. So you start loving people and they don't love you back. And you're like, you know what? I don't even bother about this. It's bugging me. It was bugging me more when I wasn't loving you and you weren't responding right. Now that I'm loving you, I don't even care if you do it. Because guess what? The Bible says, whatsoever I sow into you, God will give to me. So if I become open and just love you and you like turn me down and you you mean and nasty or something, like you just so in love and so and they're they ain't and uh, left field and we ain't paying attention and everybody's prioritized with everything else and preoccupied, we sliding. Because Jesus is gonna say, Hey, that's right, that's what I told you to do. You show them the love I showed you. And if they ain't loving you, I make sure I love you. And I'll make sure if that ain't filling you up, because they ain't your source anyway. People ain't your source. God's your source. You honor your father, he'll honor you. Are you making room for Jesus this year? You make some room for him? Come on in, Jesus. We're going to let love be the aroma of the house. Hey, whoa What's that house going to smell like? Love being the aroma at the business. No, 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 no. We ain't talking like that around here no more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's love gonna feel like on the job site? Hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? You just, you, you, you ever do, you ever walk in there and feel the atmosphere? You're like, you like, you know what I mean? Just feeling where the wind's blowing. Woo-hoo. That's a love wind right there. You know what I'm saying? Your house, what's your spouse going to look like when you're just loving them? Stop telling them when they're, they're not and start telling them what they, you see them to be. Man, I'm changing my mouth around here. I'm grateful. I am I feel I feel the anointing in here. I'm grateful to God for what He's doing. Praise the Lord. Start speaking them words full of life. Changing the atmosphere. Changing, changing your world. No more complaining. No more talking this ugly talk. Set the atmosphere right. And I know some of you can't get away from some of people. They're a little negative. They're like, I'll be back. Where are you going? I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, going, I'm, I'm just going to another room. I'll be back. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes I know what it's like. You can't get away from it. It's like, you know, I'll be back. You come back. Woo! You're just in a different atmosphere. One fruit. All the variations. If you don't do another thing towards God, you say, man, I ain't gonna learn about all that stuff, Pastor. That's a lot of stuff to learn. Just learn love. How do I walk in love? Is that the Ken Hagen book, How to Walk in Love? I'm gonna buy, buy. I'm gonna give everybody in the church one from me to you. I'm sowing it in you. Get, get. I don't know, what do we need, Three, 400 of them? Get me 300 of them things. Or get, per family or however you want. I don't care, I'll buy one of you. What are they, two bucks? Buy them at my discount. Praise the Lord, I get a Raymond discount. I'm RMI, right? So I'm helping you. I don't care if it costs me $1,000. Everybody in this room is going to get a love book. How to walk in love from me to you. I don't care if you ever come back in this church another day of your life. I love you, and I don't expect you to do that. But you might just be like, I'm watching online. I want the book. I'll send it to you. Probably one of the greatest little books. It's a mini book. If you can't read this mini book, you're lazy. Stop being lazy. Pastor Liz always wants me to be nice. She says to me, you're feisty sometimes. I said, yeah, I am. You know, they want me to be nice. I'm being nice. Read the book. Stop being lazy. Right? It's a little book. How to walk in love. We think we got one. We got one. Can you find me one? There's a little How to Walk in Love books. I got two minutes. You got one of them? They're in the bookstore, ain't they? In the combo pack. Does anybody know what's going on around here besides me? Just kidding. Lauren's running to find it. Lauren's great. They're waving. Some of them don't know what's going on. But How to Walk in Love. I'm gonna buy one for everybody. You read the book cover to cover, and then you go back and refresh it. If you don't do another thing towards God you do another thing. Say, I ain't learning all that stuff, Pastor Chris. You're wearing me out. You come in here, talk about praying in tongues. You talk about prayer. You talk about this. You talk about that. It's too much stuff. I'm working. I'm busy. I write one book, one word, one sermon for the rest of your life. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. Figure out this love thing. I promise you, you do that. You're going to be better than all those people learning about all this other stuff. and Don't even apply none of it. Because Jesus said you could do all this stuff and not have love, and you don't get nothing. He said you can burn your body and not change one thing about your life. You can give away everything you got and not change one thing about your life. But he said you walk in love, you can change the world. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that the people they're believing today. They got a word from heaven that's going to transform their life forever. And they're going to have heaven on earth because they're going to be people of love. From this moment forward, we're going to master the love of God. We're going to learn about the love of God. We're going to figure out what the love of God is. And we're going to see this shed abroad broad ability inside our heart, transform our life and our families. This church is going to be a church of love. We're people of love. We walk in love. We allow love to lead in everything we do. Bless our time together and bless this moment in Jesus' name. We pray. And everybody said, amen. And just
0: keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a minute. Because maybe you're in this room today. And maybe you say, you know what? I haven't made room for Jesus in my life. Maybe you say, I've asked him into my heart before, but I'm not living my life like he's my Lord and he's my Savior we always want to give you an opportunity to make your life right with Jesus. He doesn't promise that you won't walk through situations and circumstances that are greater than you. He just promises that he'll never leave you or forsake you. He promises he'll bring you comfort. He promises he'll give you the grace to walk in love when you can't walk in love by yourself. So right now, nobody's looking around. This moment is just for you. If you say, you know what, today I want to say yes to Jesus. I want Him to be my Lord and my Savior. Whether you've prayed that prayer before or whether it's your first time, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. Nothing can separate you from His love. So if that's you today, if you just, just raise your hand and say, that's me this morning. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to make Him my Lord. I want to give my life to Him. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. You can put your hands down, but I'd like for all of us just to say this together. Just say, dear Jesus. Today, I make room for you. I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Forgive me when my life has not been pleasing to you. And from this day forward, I choose to follow you, to serve you, and to have you be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said amen and amen. Come on and rejoice this morning. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.